Hello, and welcome to Wands and Fronds, the weekly, about-to-be-bi-weekly podcast where we cover magic, herbalism, and more. I'm Shannon. And I'm Nick. And we're your co-hosts. So today, uh, on a very fun episode... Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. I'm talking about uh, Bear's Breaches and Artio, a Celtic bear goddess. And um, we're doing kind of the double trouble deities this week because I'm talking about Otso. Uh, and also, we're just going to have a nice little discussion about bear symbolism in general. Uh, so that'll, that'll be fun. We're, we're, it's bear week. I love it. It's bear week. And so, like I said up top, Nick and I have been talking. And for the summer, we're going to switch to doing every other week for the podcast it's our little vacation. If you're upset about it, we have literally like over 130 episodes for you to go back and listen to, but we need like a little mini break and we love you guys and we want to keep bringing you the podcast and we don't want to start resenting it. So we're going to like take a slow summer and I think it'll be good for everyone. Yeah. I think, you know, kind of like leading up to my trip as well, it's going to yeah. be a lot of like picking up shifts and that kind of thing. So um, but yeah, happy summer, you guys. Happy Pride Month. You actually are not even allowed to, well, early Pride Month, but you're not even allowed to complain because Pride Month is next month, so. Haha, <laughs> you can't be mad. This is a queer-run podcast. Um, yeah. sorry. Yeah. So, actually, it. actually, um, yeah, it's like Pride Month is in, like, three days, so think about that think about that are you gonna yell at queer people on friday (laughs) eve you fucking monsters like yeah absolutely not god look um but on that very gay note nicholas when did you feel magical this week okay actually i i do have something prepared for this i have only one answer because um well first of all texas has been having a bit of like a traditional spring where it's been like not triple digits yet and um also it's been raining quite a bit so been loving that you know the, the wildflowers are still out and about etc cetera, etc cetera. but um it's been that kind of temperature a lot lately where it's like it doesn't feel like anything you know yeah. like like how our old bath water is yeah it's like just tepid yeah just like tepid and um it was one of those nights with just a slight breeze, which I love, love, love. Um, we know Nick loves breezes. I do a lot of work with breezes. That's right. And I ha- I did have my first firefly sighting of the <gasps> year. Oh, you know you're having good Texas weather if there are fireflies, though. Because, like, when you have a mm-hmm. bad year, like, you don't really get fireflies. You do not. That is true. Um, and, yeah, so I was absolutely thrilled was absolutely okay. thrilled. Can we talk about how this wasn't planned, but my magical moment is also like nocturnal insect related. So I was walking Willow, which uh, I forget what was going on. Eric wasn't home. It was like just me and Willow uh, for an evening walk. And it was like dusk was settling. And I don't know if I've talked about on the podcast. Willow has like really bizarre leash aggression. So we end up taking like weird walking down the middle of uh, Park La Brea's like, um, like during when we're doing the walks, we have to like hop across the street, essentially if there's a dog coming and there's a lot of like landscaping and stuff. All that to say, we got into this little like center section of one of our roundabouts, which has like all sorts of plants. And as I was standing there, I just watched this moth flitting among the clover blossoms. And it was just like gorgeous. Like it was sunset. There's this beautiful like I, it's so nice, I think, to see a moth not banging its head against a light. Like, it was kind of cool to see it, like, doing natural moth things and feeding on the clover blossoms, which is, I don't know, something about that moment. I was just like, goddess is alive in Los Angeles. That's not, that, sound, that just sounds so peaceful. <laughs> it was. It was. And Willow didn't freak out because we got far enough away from the other dog that she was able to chill the fuck out. So, wins, wins all around. <laughs> Well, let let's get into it because we got we got we got three topics to cover. We do. We got three topics to cover. Um so bears breaches, which I think it's fun because there's not any agreement on where the common name bears breaches come from. 
Uh, so we don't have like an anecdote for that. So the la- the Latin name for it, it's Acanthus mollus, but the other names you'll see it listed as are sea dock, bear's foot plant, sea holly, gator plant, or oyster plant. Um, and we'll talk about how appropriate oyster is later when we talk about how vulgar this plant can be. Um, but this is a plant that's considered invasive in some areas. So I'm just like, I'm going to say that a couple of times because I think it is really important if you want to grow it, like do a little Google, find out what your local ecosystem is. Don't destroy it because you want a pretty plant. So um, it's a native plant to the Mediterranean. It's leafy. It's a perennial herb. It has really tuberous roots that are like black on the outside, white on the inside. The basil rosette has these like dark, glossy green leaves. They're like really deeply... um, they're like really deeply lobed. They get up to 20 inches long and 12 inches wide. So like, sorry, I have the hiccups. Um, <laughs> the, the plant leaves are like huge and the leaves will be around for a long time before it flowers. But then once that flower spike emerges, it's three to four feet tall. So it's like a big boy, but the flowers are where it gets like a little odd. Um, they're in like a brown sheath and they they give like iris almost that kind of like gaping open flower but Culpepper, and it's probably because i read the Culpepper description that gaping was the only word stuck in my head because he referred to the flowers as hooded and gaping which is just so vulgar and then it's like the oyster plant and i'm like oh my god why is this plant a vagina <laughs> like it just looks like fucking labia like did, did georgia Google. did georgia o'keefe make this flower Georgia O'Keeffe got wet when she saw this flower. <laughs> like, it's so um, Lady Bitsy. And they're like a whitish, purplish color, the flowers are. Um, but it just like, it makes me giggle like a fucking schoolgirl. So they're, uh... <laughs> anyway, the plants though, you can like propagate through root division. It doesn't like to have the roots disturbed. So just pull off the roots if you want to. You can actually just like take a chunk of tuber and plant it and it'll it'll grow. And once they're established, they can survive for decades. Like these are plants that will like hang around. And when they're healthy and well-grown, they're really like impressive. One of my favorite like fun facts that I read about it is that the leaf on the plant actually inspired um, the Greek sculptor uh, Callimachus, who you might know as the designer of the Corinthian column. Oh, that's a great column. Yeah, so if you look at, like, the capital of the Corinthian columns, you'll see, like, look up what the leaves look like on bear's breeches, and you'll start actually seeing it all over the place in, like, ancient architecture and even, like, antique furniture, because, you know, they love those, like, Roman Corinthian columns in antique, like, antique design work in general. Now you'll start seeing bear's breaches, like, everywhere in antiquities when you're looking. So can can I just, them. can I just, like, side quest here and say yeah. that, okay, because I do follow a lot of, like, TikToks and Reels um, that are, like, the different aesthetics, which does get into architecture a lot as well. And I like neoclassical. That is my hot take of the day. I, I like neoclassical. I would absolutely have my house in like, if I was a rich person, it would absolutely have columns and giant vases and it's shit. Because you are hedonism bot. No, it's true. It's true. You are. Um, and like, there's no shame in that. Like that is you. Um, I feel like my aesthetic is always like cottage witch. More is more. I went in for work the other night. Um, the where I work, we have a, an annual poker party for alumni and like parents. And it was at this like rich person's house in Beverly Hills. And I walked in. I was like, it just looks like a fucking hotel. Like everything is beige. And I'm like, money does not equal taste. <laughs> and it's like it's fine but their house was just so inoffensive i was like man if i was this wealthy no it's like when you see the tiktoks of like kylie jenner's house and it's just like it's like everything is pristine and made of marble i will give you that you know like the materials are luxurious but like the solid white of it all it's like white beige cream khaki tan um I don't, I don't know about that color palette, y'all. 
I, I just don't get it. And it's the thing where I'm like, this idea that we've like romanticized normcore when everyone's like, oh, Steve Jobs, he only wore like sneakers and jeans and black turtlenecks. It's like because he had no taste. Having money does not make you a tastemaker. <laughs> like, we need to stop pretending that rich people have better taste than us just because they're rich. Because honestly, like, fucking, like, terrible, like, walking tennis shoes and a black turtleneck does not an aesthetic make. Right, right, right. But all of that to say, we love columns. We love a column. We love columns. We, we love, love columns. columns. <laughs> we love a Corinthian column. Come through Kalimachus. I love how much he appreciated a bear's breach. Um, so again, if you want to grow it, be careful because it can be invasive. So one of the things that I saw a lot of gardeners recommend, though, if you do want to grow it, is doing like a sunken border, like what people use for bamboo to keep it from just like going bonkers. You can also just get like a bottomless like growing container and like put it into the earth. So like you don't have to necessarily have anything that's like, super high tech, you know, just get like one of those like raised bed planters and kind of use a trowel to dig down and you can actually submerge that into the ground. And it works as sort of like an underground border to it's, keep things from like spreading. It's root prison. It is root prison because sometimes roots need to be imprisoned and they definitely do for a bear's breach also for bamboo, unless you would like, you know, to take over your entire continent because Y'all, bamboo don't play. Bamboo scares me. Like, it spreads like humans, honestly, to the point where you're just like, oh, we can't ever get rid of it because it was here one time. Do you remember, uh, did you ever watch that creep, sh creep show that, like, I think it's, like, Stephen King stories, but it's, like, it was, like, a mini series in, I think, like, the, the 80s. The, I mean, I know about creep show, yeah. Anyway, anyway, there's an episode of creep show where like a meteor hits earth and then it's growing all these vines everywhere oh yeah 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 and um nobody realizes what's up until it's far too late yep and that's bamboo and that's bamboo so <laughs> bamboo genuinely like freaks me out a bit as far as like plants go because i'm like at least with something like mint that can be really invasive or catnip like it's so small, but like bamboo grows into fucking forests and will take over. And that spooks me. Anyway, <laughs> bears breaches. Um, so they like full sun to partial shade. But again, like if you have a plant that you want to flower, it's gonna need at least a few hours of sunlight. Like it just does. I mean, if you're at a place like Texas where, you know, summer can literally be like being dropped into a fucking oven you know maybe like a light shade cloth or putting it in like dappled sunlight under a tree but like you can't have this like fully shaded out and think you're gonna get flowers like that's just not how plants work sorry um they like full like rich soil lots of organic matter or a lot of compost but also really good drainage you know it's like that classic thing where it's like it wants all of this organic material, but you better make sure that it still drains because otherwise the roots will literally drown. Um, they can be drought resistant once they're established, but they perform best with regular watering. Like the general rule seems to be like at least an inch a week. But to give you sort of an idea of the environment that they prefer, like these do really well in English gardens. It is what it is. Like, I have hollyhock for the first time this year because it has rained so much in LA. You can't usually have hollyhock that are seven feet tall in Los Angeles. And, you know, you just have to come to terms with your climate. You just have to. So in warm climates, you do want to cut back the stalks after they're done plowering. But if you're somewhere with cold winters, leave the stalks alone because the leaves and the stalks can actually help protect the crown of the plant to keep it from dying. And then you'll just like trim everything back once the like danger of frost has passed in the spring. So medicinal uses... Disclaimer, disclaimer, disclaimer. I'm not a doctor. Nick's not a doctor. This podcast is not intended to treat or diagnose anything. Please always talk to your medical care professionals before you start any herbal regimen. Don't take medical advice from a fucking podcast, you weirdos. So uh, this one is fun because you can, you can like use it for the things that you typically see like high tannin, high mucilage plants used for, right? So we're thinking about things like 
digestive upset. If you have like constipation, something with a lot of mucilage can moisturize your digestive tract. Um, if you get like frequent UTIs, you might need something that's got like a little bit more mucilage in it to kind of like soothe your urinary tract. But the thing that I thought was also really cool about it is like the topical uses. So of course, like a lot of mucilagey plants you can use for burns, but this one is actually recommended both by Culpepper and modern herbalists for joint dislocation. So basically the idea is that you make a paste from the leaves and you apply it to like the injured joint. And because of like, there's the combination essentially of like the active constituents and the plant helps support like both constriction and relaxation, which we've talked about with plants like chamomile. And it's one of those things that feels really counterintuitive until you think about the fact that like modern pharmacology is actually isolating individual constituents. So it's not weird for an herb to have like multiple properties. We just think it's weird because of the way we think about medicine now. But allegedly the way that it works is like the constriction and relaxation can actually help like relax the muscles while still encouraging the joint to move back into place. So I was just like, what the fuck is this? Um, again, if you have a dislocated joint, this could be like a good support method in addition to going to the fucking doctor because your joint is out of location. Um, you know, you want those in the right place. It's kind of a big deal. Uh, hot medical take. Joints should be in their proper places. Well, I, I do think it's one of those things too where it's like, I've definitely seen someone like relocate their shoulder. Yeah. And it's like, fucking ow. Like, just thinking about that makes me hurty, hurty, yeah. hurt, hurt. I'm like, can you give me laughing gas before that happens? Because I would like to be as unaware as possible. Um, as someone who has, like, broken stuff before, like, it hurts. I can't imagine if, like, when I broke that bone in my foot, if I had to pop it back into some place by itself. I can't imagine. Like, I, I cannot. Um, so anyway, uh, magically though, this plant's associated with the moon. You know, we see that a lot with like high mucilage content plants. Um, the moon is slimy in herbalism is what we've learned. You know, the, the moon, the moon has a wet pussy. The, the moon does have a wet pussy as does this plant. So we're all there. Um, so it's supposed to be good at like, clearing imbalances in the energy flow in your body. And when I think about that, like use of helping joints get back into place, I think that really like kind of logically follows. So for me, my gut instinct is to say like, make like a flower essence under a full moon in cancer to use for magical realignment. Like, I think that's just the best way to get maximal like magical usage out of it. You can like make a tea out of it and it's got like that high mucilage content and you could put it in a bath. But honestly, like when those like pussy flowers are out, like put a water container under those things, soak them in a cancer full moon and like wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. Like you're good. Um, depending on like whether or not it's flowering though, I'm like, I don't even think the flowers are necessary because the way that the leaves last so long you could 100% make a plant essence with it too. So like, you know, do what you gotta do. Um, and that's really like, that's all I have today. I think like you could also meditate with it, always a good choice. But like, this is a pretty simple plant. It's got like good plant energies. It's associated with the moon. So I think flower essences, and the moon doesn't have to be in Cancer. Again, you can do any sort of like lunar flower essences with it. Um. And maybe if you dislocate a joint and you're in the middle of the woods and all you have is some bear breaches, like, give it a shot. Let me know how it goes. Um, so my sources today, uh, inaturalist.org, Culpepper's Complete Herbal, um, Gardening Know-How, some Wikipedia, some very interesting um, image Googling because the flowers are a lot. And maybe I'm just like a pervert but I think if anyone else looks at him like you'll have to let me know if you if you're also getting strong like pussy lip vibes from it because both me and my husband did so <laughs> anyway that is all all right well this week I am talking about also so we do have that 
but I wanted to kind of open here because I think this is a good place in this episode to just kind of discuss where we're all at with bears. Um, like, what, what's our take on bears? Because obviously we do not live um, in a forest we and do we do not regularly deal with bears. Um, so, but like, what are bears associated with symbolically you know we kind of talked about this in like the bird magic episode i feel like this is kind of the bear magic episode so let's get into it the first thing i think of with bears is sleeping like i realized that all of the bears all of the like bears that i could truly think of are like sleep associated yes yeah, um, time bear like the sleepy time tea bear like the celestial seasoning sleepy time tea bear with his sort of long ankle length nightshirt and his sleeping cap like Ebenezer Scrooge style and yeah it's it's incredible uh what a, what an icon um but also like teddy bears i mean i guess teddy bears aren't really like sleep but also teddy bears are sleep yeah they are and you know for me i don't know I, I don't think there's any reason this ever would have come up on here, but bear is like also like a term of endearment. So like my husband and I call each other bear, like a weird lovey dovey nickname, which is a weird thing that I'm not sure where it came from. But I do feel like bears also have that very like familial, like protecting your loved ones vibe too. I was going to say, because I feel like there's this vibe, um, where it's like mama bear yeah mama bear exactly a like mama that bear. It, that's uh, because i think besides like sleepy time i think the whole like mama bear you don't want to fuck with her you know yeah just woke oh, yeah. up she's hungry as hell she's got the fucking little babies climbing on her like she will kill you she'll eat you she'll eat you um <laughs> but okay and but the te but back to teddy bears, I cannot get like any kind of reliable internet answer as to whether or not teddy bears are just like a US, UK, English speaking parts of the world thing, or if it is like a worldwide thing. Like I know that stuffed animals are yeah. are like ubiquitous worldwide, but specifically stuffed animals that are bears being so ubiquitous, I I really can't get a read on whether or not that's something they do. Well, I mean, because we know that, like, the teddy bear is, like, an American thing because of Roosevelt. Mm -hmm. So, like, I don't know how far that sphere of influence spread. Because, you know, there was a time when people in the rest of the world liked America before right. we fucked that exactly, hotel. exactly. Um, <laughs> so, I, yeah, I would also like to know that. Our, like, international listeners, do you have teddy bears do you have teddy bears because i had um a teddy bear as a as a kid but my teddy bear was um and i just decided this in my head because i had two stuffed animals as a kid um and one of them was an english sheepdog but one of them was like just a brown regular ass teddy bear i did uh tie a bow tie onto it um but and yeah everyone was shocked when nick came out um no, I think I I didn't really have like a teddy bear. I had I, I we've talked about her. I had a stuffed dolphin named Melanie after the Spice Girl, Scary Spice. Um, but Morgan, I feel like had teddy bears, and I do have like in our family cedar chest. I have the the bears that they give NICU babies that have a recording of like my mom's heartbeat on it because my youngest sister was a twin and they were born premature. So I have those heartbeat bears that are like a very big NICU thing in the U.S. too. Oh, sure. But yeah, so like bears, teddy bears. I want to know, do they do this in other parts of the world? Because I had a fucking teddy bear and it was it was gross by the time we got rid of it, you know. I mean, that's um, the only time you get rid of a stuffed animal as a child is once it gets to that point of no return. Um, But it wasn't one of those things where it was replaced, you know, like. My sister definitely had, and I, I'm I'm kind of outing her here, but my, my sister definitely um, had set you know several blankets over the course of her toddlerhood. See, but oh. it's like, yeah, it's like the like the teddy bear as a blanket though, or as like a you know 
A blankie. As... Wait, which of your sisters was the blankie sister? Oh, Talia. Talia. Oh, that's sweet. Um, but yeah, I, I you know, everyone's every, there's one in every family. There's for uh, sure yeah. one. Leslie was the blankie kid in our family. I think Leslie still had a chunk of her blankie when you were living with us in high school. I, 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 I think I saw a little bit of blanket stuff happening. Yeah, yeah, it got down to like a fucking handkerchief size before it was finally gone. Well, no, because I mean, anyway, but it's like, I think sliding back into like bears as totems, teddy bears would, you know, like that's so. It's very totemic. It's very totemic, but it's also so weirdly primordial because it's something you have when you're like a, a little baby. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so bears and sleep. I just realized this week, though, it's because they hibernate. Or you know, like maybe I'm maybe I'm. I'm this is so himboy. I'm a grown man with bills, but I did just realize that. You're so pretty. Uh, Thank you. Um, <laughs> but no, so, and then, so there's the mama bear thing. There's sleepy bear thing, right? Um, and then there's, I mean, there's the gay bear. We all is, love a gay bear. We all love a gay bear. Um, I think, you know, but I think that kind of gets into like the bear lifestyle though, because how iconic is it that they get to sleep all winter and then, like, wade around in a river eating salmon, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, I'm trying to think of, what is the, so, have you watched, this is on the topic of gay bears, have you watched A Dirty Shame, John Waters' is like 2004 movie, which has Johnny Knoxville and Salma Hayek in it? Just, no, that sounds incredible, though. By the way, it is. Um, but the thing that I like the most, or sorry, not Salma Hayek, Salma Blair, um other oh my god even better literally i was like selma blair and johnny knoxville but there are like gay bears in it and it's funny because they just like have them act like actual bears in the movie because it's john waters and it is like so fucking hilarious and iconic that that actually is so iconic but no so so here's the thing though it's how ancient right is the human bear totem relationship um super fucking old because literally one of the things that they paint in the caves the cave paintings the first you know sort of evidence of human culture and thinking right is um like bears there's definitely bears and they find bear bare bones in caves um and this was on druidry.com so I'm, i guess this is me citing them as a source right but they conjecture that the human bear relationship would even be older than our relationship with wolves because our hunting style is more similar to bears and our diets are more similar to bears so the neanderthals would have run into a lot more bears in their day-to-day -day lives than wolves I mean, that tracks. It's like, look, we're all hunting and fishing and gathering. We are just bears. I mean, it's the, if you really think about it, you can forgive the Finnish people for the story of Otso because, um, well, I mean, they, they, obviously there's, there's a creation myth, right? So sometimes it's when Uko, the weather god, throws wool into the sea uh and then and then it washes up as a fully formed bear also they have a bear constellation in ursa major and minor in finland um so they also kind of believe that it you know also came down from space or heaven or the sky or whatever but okay so but after that because it is you know different myths different different versions of different myths. But after that, uh, you know, gets freaky with the primordial mother of humanity and is like, a, you know, an ancestor of humans. So the Finnish, pe the Finnish people uh, widely believed that humans were descended partly from bears, that bears and humans are um, related species, basically siblings. 
Okay, can I just say, I'm playing Tears of the Kingdom right now because I love Zelda and it just came out. And I'm sure you've seen, Nick, uh, the furry internet has really enjoyed Raru, who, like, is not a bear, but is a furry animal-like creature that comes down from the sky to, like, get with, like, the first Hylian queen and give birth to the race of Hylians. <laughs> I'm like, did oh. they get that from Utso? I'm like, is that where that inspiration came from? Sorry, it just I was like, huh, interesting. Okay, but why is there so much crossover because between people who like Zel the Zelda games? Uh, which, as a non-gamer, I do like the Zelda games because watching someone do a playthrough is inevitably fun. Yeah. Um. Anyway, between like those people and folklore nerds, because I I literally feel like I'm reading comments on Reddit right now. Yeah, I know. Like reading about Otso, and then someone's like, "Yeah, that's that's just like Legend of Zelda." <laughs> um, you know, this is the content that our friends and fans are here for. <laughs> but okay, okay, so Otso, um, ancestor of ancestor of all mankind, uh, also king of the forest, um, and like lord of all the animals. So, pretty busy guy. But also, okay, I do think it's interesting that when they look, when when these sort of very very ancient people looked at bears, uh, they were like, "That's a guy. That's for sure a man in a bear suit." Or am or were they? Did they look at bears and they were like, "I am a bear in a man suit." Por que no los dos? I say por que no los dos too, but. <laughs> It's a lot, it's a lot to think about. It's really, um, yeah, people, th people, man, <laughs> a bear in a man suit, though, uh, is the mental image I'm taking away from this, oh, yeah. this episode. Um, but, so they believed that they were descended from bears, basically, or that bears were, like, very, very closely related to humans, uh, which, I, again, they could be, they could be forgiven for that. Because bears get up and walk. I mean, that's quirky animal behavior. Right. Where did they learn that? Um, and then they, you know, their hands are kind of shaped like human hands, too. Which, uh, you know, because we both are evolved to climb trees and shit, basically. Yeah. So, anyway, just, just interesting that, that we're, we're basically bears is the point of the episode but so now how do you consolidate though the fact that you worship a bear you think you are descended from bears and then you live in a country with very very harsh winters and you do sometimes have to eat a bear which is a thing that would have happened in like stone age finland probably lots and lots of times right um so they have a ceremony which I think this is the real find in the the Otso cinematic universe, right? It's, you know, not the backstory of Otso the God. I, although, you know, just kind of exploring the world of bear folklore this week has been very, very intriguing. And also just to realize how widespread it is. The entire Northern Hemisphere, basically, most indigenous cultures have some kind of like bear deity or spirit, which is... uh. Also, to me, very interesting. Like, not everyone has, like, a god of ceramics, right? But everyone's got a bear god. Um, anyway, so they would have a wake for the bear. Um, and it's called a karhun payaset. And karhun is, like, the, the word for bear. Um, I also, like, fun fact, it's part of the folklore around bears in Finland that you never refer to a bear as a bear because if you uh, do that they believe you will summon a real live bear um, but so they have all these euphemisms and like even in modern Finnish there's a lot of euphemisms for bear and karhun actually means like rough fur basically because they have you know rough fur um, but they would have a karkun payaset, and payaset is just like a funeral or a wake. Um, 
and here's where here's where it gets quirky so in order to appease the bear spirits you have to convince their spirit that they didn't you didn't hunt them that they died by accident and so there's like mourning and wailing and stuff going on to show mad respect mad respect to the bear but also they're like gaslighting the ghost of the bear like, gosh, it really did suck that the bear fell into that pit and died accidentally. And that's why we're all gathered here um, to have this funeral for 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 this great bear that we all knew and loved. But then they but then they would also do in part in the same ceremony, like a ceremonial wedding between the bear and um, you know, either. Uh, a man or a, a woman from the village, depending on, I guess, the gender of the bear, which is inclusive, I guess. Um, but what what's interesting here is that they were really trying to like gaslight these bear ghosts because it's like, oh yeah, and then you like married Hildy from the village, and we're cousins now, so like you can't haunt us. Like basically, we're trying to gaslight the ghost of the bear into not haunting the village uh which kind of makes me think what the fuck happened that they felt so compelled that they do like a whole day's worth of ceremony to eat one bear um like what happened bear hunting must be intense i mean yeah i can't imagine it's like a walk in the park <laughs> right but also yeah, like that's I I don't know. I would watch that movie. But also, yeah, the, the bear hunting must have been intense because they do all this stuff. They like marry off one of the cousins symbolically to the bear. And um they also would sometimes put like antlers on the bear so that they weren't technically eating bear. They're like, no, this is a deer, this is venison. Um I don't know, there's all these weird they're they're like trying to find these like spiritual loopholes, which I is also hilarious to me where it's like yo yeah this is venison because we put antlers on the bear and now it's i mean look it just goes to show you that as long as humans have come up for rules around religion there's always like there's always the like other whole doesn't count doctrine that you can work <laughs> <in there. laughs> oh my god no this absolutely is one of those things where it's like yeah, but we can do it. You're still a virgin if we do it in the butt. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, that's what this is, just for putting antlers on a fucking bear. <laughs> um, but no, so, but here's where it gets really metal. And like, I do think, shout out to Finland for being the most metal country on earth, basically. And also sending like a pretty metal sounding song to Eurovision. Like everyone else is sending like girly pop, like Ariana Grande shit. And Finland's like, here's a, here's a metal guy. Right. It's one of our number one exports in Finland is metal guys. And honestly, why are Finnish metal guys the only hot metal guys? <sighs> That's so true. You're so I'm brave. Sorry, You're so brave for saying guys. it. But like you're so brave for saying it. I know, I know. I'm a hero. I'm not the hero we need, but I'm the hero <laughs> we deserve. <laughs> um, but okay, so so they would have they would have a, a funeral for the bear. They would they would marry the bear off to their cousin, so they're technically family, and you can't haunt us now. They, uh, you know, they feasted on delicious venison, and they're left with a bear skull, which is actually a very imposing object, though. I have to yeah, say. Yeah, no, they're scary looking. I've looked at a lot of bear skulls on the internet this week, and it is a very scary object. And Nick is now on some weird NSA lists. I am absolutely not going to be able to ever get on an airplane ever again. They're um, not going to let you into Alaska. <laughs> They're like, no, no, no. Okay, but you have like a cleaned bear skull. And what they would do, again, to not anger the spirits of the bear, they would um, put it on a tree, like a pine tree in a clearing. Um, and they would place it in such a way that it would just stay in the tree and continue to like go up into the sky as the tree grew. Thus bringing the bear's spirit closer to space and therefore uh, heaven. 
It's a beautiful story. But also just- The bigger the hair, the closer to God, right? But also just kind of thinking about how many bear skulls must would just be around in sort of conspicuous trees. And sometimes on a, a spike, if you didn't have like a good enough tree to use. Sometimes just on like a spike or a post. Um, out in a clearing, just a bear skull. And it really did make me think of Cathead, the the cat skull. Um, which... Also, a classic, a classic. But such a spook, like a skull on a stick is always spooky. Always. No human has ever seen a skull on a stick and been like, well, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, and that's... kept walking. Like, that's not what your, your lizard brain is like. I'm sorry. Wait, what? Like... <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, skull, skull on a stick is always spooky. Regardless, yeah. regardless of the skull, and um, yeah, Cathead, uh, made you know, haven't thought about Cathead in a long time. I had neither until I read that you put it on here, and I was like, oh my god, old Cathead, old Cathead. Well, um, but that's that's all I have really for so it's a very short, sweet kind of week, um. Yeah, and now we're going to talk about RDO. Before that, live, laugh, love, rate, review, subscribe. There live, we go. laugh, subscribe. <laughs> live, laugh, subscribe. Um, so I do love, though, that we're talking about a bear goddess because I do find that, like, there, there's, like... It's, ma like it's mama said, bear. It's the mama, it's mama bear, bear vibe. And I feel like in more modern times, I feel like more and more, like, Something about bear energy. Maybe it's because of all the fucking gross dudes co-opting Norse mythology. Like, they're trying to make bears masculine. And I'm like, no. No, no, no. No, no. Mama bear. Mama bear is the one that's going to eat you. Um, but even more, like, I was so stoked, Nick, because one of the first things I read was they're like, oh, Ardeo is, like, the most closely aligned with Artemis. Oh, weird. We love I her. I wouldn't have put that together at all. Like, you mean the lady uh, who lives in the woods? And hunts. Um, and hunts. Huntress wizard is Artemis. Um, So I do have to say, though, again, Ardeo is like one of the more obscure Celtic goddesses. So there's not a ton of information about her. But like, let's talk about what we know. Um, Ardeo, she's most often depicted with like baskets full of produce surrounded by animals, which is goal. And Nick... She's frequently either depicted as a bear or as a woman wearing bear skins. Man in a bear suit. She's a woman in a bear suit. Um, it all goes back. Uh, the Celtic Helvetii tribe is one of the strongest like centers that we know of Ardeo worship. And archaeologists found like artworks and writings about her dating all the way back to 450 BCE. But like because the relationship between humans and bears is so ancient, there are like a lot of people that suggest that like Ardeo worship or at least worship of other bear goddesses could be much older um so you know bones and skulls like we talked about have been found arranged in caves and burial sites all throughout Europe in 1849 they were um restoring the Armagh Cathedral in Ireland and they found ancient stone bear carvings which I think is really cool um and then there's even like evidence of Ardeo or at least some version of a bear goddess they they found this document that was written in old europe script which in case you're not familiar it's a script like basically a written language that predates like the druids it's like six thousand plus years old they think it's like one of the oldest written european languages um and this line which is so nonsensical and i like to think it was some bullshit like poem by a middle schooler but it reads the bear goddess and the bird goddess are the bear goddess indeed. Beautiful. I'm like, but I just, don't you just love thinking about that with the things that we find and make historically relevant? Mm. Um, oh, like it absolutely. could definitely be an 11 year old. But I also was like, bears and birds, we love them. Um, <laughs> so That's the new name of the podcast, actually. <laughs> bears and birds. Bears and <laughs> Much birds better podcast. Than much better than the birds and the bees. So in Northern Europe in particular, though, like the bear is associated with transformation and shape-shifting. So we have like man in a bear suit, bear in a man suit, but something else that like 
you have to think about is the fact that like a lot of species of bears, the female bears will go into hibernation pregnant and will give birth usually in like January or February to these cubs. And when they come out in the spring, they have cubs with them. Like they go in as just a bear. They come out as a bear with children. Um, The black bear in America is actually really interesting because I read that there's this like physiological function where essentially like the female bear egg will be inseminated but won't implant until like time to go into hibernation essentially it'll kind of just like grow and it'll be a sim- like a bulk of cells and it will only implant though if there's enough food source before going into hibernation so if it's a lean year the like the egg won't implant which i thought was really interesting but then like bears actually don't have a super long gestation period it's only like 3 months from the time the egg implants apparently And I didn't realize baby bears are like the size of squirrels. Like they're very, very, very small when they're newborns, but then they get up to like 10 to 15 pounds by the time they're like coming out of hibernation, which I just like, I love. And there's this weird myth that goes around that like female bears give birth and don't wake up. And that's just like, not true. Like they have footage of like, female bears because like hibernation I'm like you have to remember hibernation's not a coma like they are still like moving around adjusting like they're they're well, sleeping I, I, but like you know you you also kind of have to wonder what people think like a natural birth is like like I mean I've seen a goat give birth before you can't just do it in your sleep yeah like, it's it's something it's it's a process um so there was this like there was this bear that they watched this like american black bear that they literally like there was like film of it like she had fucking 20 hours of labor gave birth like the bear would cry and she'd wake up and like clean her little bear cub and feed it but they're still hibernating together you know like basically they're just like hanging out in a cave for the first few months of the baby's life which sounds dope like seems like a good plan it, it um, does seem incredibly cozy. Right. So cozy. But I, I do think it makes sense. So it's like this idea of like bears being associated with transformation, rebirth. Um, often it's like been likened to like shamanistic journeys, right? Like you go into this like darkness and come out with like new knowledge and information to share with the world. Um, and we do know that like Christianity usurped a lot of deities. And some people think that like St. Ursula whose name is the Latinized version uh, of the Saxon Ursul or she-bear, could be, like, one of the ways that, like, aspects of Ardeo or at least, like, bear goddess worship was transformed and adapted into Christianity because, like, the Feast of St. Ursula is in October around, like, harvest time, right before bears would go into hibernation. So think about it think about it um so all that to say Ardeo is a deity that has potentially been around in some form for thousands of years obviously as we've discussed I think Ardeo makes a lot of sense for like transformation magic right like if you're the type of person who loves to astral project wants to do some like deep meditative work maybe even like around shadow work I think working with either Ardeo or like a bear like spirit a bear totem energy of some sort i think makes a lot of sense uh again protection we gotta know like she bears mama bear is gonna kick some ass for you so you know maybe work with rdo for protective magic um and i do think that like offerings of whatever produce is in season are most appropriate but if you want to do like you know maybe you want to honor the bear goddess you work with at a harvest festival. I think that that would be really appropriate. Um, I think colors that you find in nature make sense, you know, like browns, greens, like pretty blacks, like basically what you would find in a forest. Um, Of course, there are like white bears in the north, but I just like, I don't, those aren't the bears that I initially think of because they're not the bears close to where I am. So, you know, adjust as needed. Um, but that's really, like, all I've got to say on that. Like, RDO, there's not a whole lot about her, but, like, bears are fucking dope. Bears are really cool. And, yeah, I do think it's interesting that, again, it's, like, the whole entire Northern Hemisphere has some kind of bear spirit in yeah. in their traditional pantheons. 
I also think it's interesting. They do almost the exact same thing in Japan and Siberia as they do in Finland. So, I mean, we're obviously talking about something that really predates anything we would think of as like modern cultures. Like, yeah, absolutely. And I think that bears are also like ridiculously cute. Like I, and I know they're dangerous, but they are super cute to watch. Like when my mom was living in New Mexico, when she was like really far up there close to the border of Colorado and we went and stayed with her, we definitely watched a bear like climb up in one of her fruit trees and like eat fruit. And it was so cute. I mean, yeah, it's like, well, and then there's that meme that's basically like, okay, look, but like, would you like imagine a dog that's like 600 pounds oh shit you just invented a bear like it's really yeah yeah i'm like i think bears are super cute i'm not gonna try to pet it because i'm not a fucking moron but i will appreciate it from afar from afar although i do want to pet one i I would love to if there was an option a safe option 100 percent. sign me up all day every day but i i do like having my limbs attached to my body Right. I mean, you know, if a bear came up to me in the wild and made some kind of clear sign that it wanted me to pet it, I would. Absolutely. Um, but that's all I've, that's all I've got to say about that. (laughs) Um, okay. So Taroscope, you guys, it's for Virgo, which I have, I have the cards. I can just do, do a little. Virgo with a little flower in her hair. I do think that's very like that's cute. That's earthy babe vibes. It's very vestal virgin of the card. Um, and hello, it's the emperor reversed, which um I'm taking you know, I'm kind of taking it as a sign to basically like don't chill the fuck out, you know. Like that at least like that's my interpretation of like sort of where this could go so basically it's like yeah like gaslight gatekeep micromanage the fuck out of your life because sometimes you you're right you know sometimes you're right to do that i mean usually (laughs) um and i'm sure you know like soothing words to any virgo's ears like i am right you're correct thank you for saying it someone had to that wasn't me for once (laughs) right 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 so um you know this is your this is your thumbs up to uh just just to stay in to stay in the shit (laughs) oh i love it like stay like stay on top of everyone else's business because that's your job because clearly they can't. <laughs> because clearly they cannot. Um, but no, lo- kind of love that for you. That's like, that's certainly not my vibe this week. I actually feel like I'm going to float away into outer space at any moment. So. Oh, I mean, I definitely got like um, a cannabis additive for beverages that uh, was way more strong than I thought it was. So I too might float away. But I'll do it while building things in Tears of the Kingdom. So at least there's Love that. that. Love that. You know, <laughs> putting your disassociation to good work. Really, it's the only way to go. Well, you know, what do we say to all the mama bears out there? Oh, to all you mama bears. If you're a, a woman wearing mama bear skin or a mama bear wearing human skin, <laughs> blessed be, bitches. Blessed be, bitches. Goodbye. We are who we are. We we are who we are. Thank you, Kesha.